and welcome. It is the Daily News. Thank you for being here. As always, we do appreciate it. Myself and Mike Daly. You can find him on social media, mostly just his Twitter, at Daily News 8. That's the number eight. I am at TSN underscore Martian. Of course, we are Canadian football perspective. I was unable to sit in with Mike Daly this week, but that didn't stop my man from having an excellent interview with a world-class football player. If you have already downloaded and looked at this, you know that Chris Ackie is on the show this week. I remember Chris Ackie playing at Laurier as a boundary corner. He now plays well linebacker in the Canadian Football League. He was a massive body at that boundary corner. If you want to go back and listen to the A block that we had with Dwayne Cameron, who used to be the recruiting director and much more for the Wilford Laurier Golden Hawks, I actually talked to him about the idea of who are you guys recruiting on defense? Who are those bodies on the other side? Because every year we'd play Laurie and there'd be guys like Chris Aki that would be absolutely terrifying because you'd say, uh, Coach, there's nobody with that kind of body type that's anywhere around the rest of the OUA, but he's done an amazing job in the Canadian Football League. As always, you can start off your season right here on CFP with products from our partners at Fox 40, outfit your coaching staff with custom logoed Fox 40 whistles, gears, coaching boards, and more. Visit fox40shop.com and use the code cfp 15 at checkout for 15% off of your entire order. Just before we get to the interview, I want to say, and I mentioned this in the breakdown, if you listened to it yesterday as well, with myself and Derek Taylor, the voice of the Winnipeg Blue Bombers on 680 CJOB, that I appreciate the patience of us starting to get the ball rolling a little bit more consistently on CFB. I miss doing shows with Kyle Mello. I miss being able to be consistent with DT and digging into the weekly background of what's happening around the league. We are now full go. We are going to dive into this thing. So we hope that you will tell a friend, help out, and uh, and support our sponsors as well, like Fox 40, if you are looking for somebody to be able to uh, to support you and your team as you get your season going. Appreciate the patience, but it's go time. We got this CBA ratified, and now it is time to rock. It is time for Chris Aki to rock right here on the Daily News on Canadian Football Perspective. All right, well, we uh, don't have Marsh today. He actually... Got invited to a big time TSN dinner, believe it or not. Okay. I guess this guy's big time on us now. Um, but I'm very, very excited to have a good friend of mine and uh, Montreal star, Chris Aki. How you doing, man? I'm good, brother. Thanks for having me on. No problem. I see you're, uh, you got the walls closing in on you in the dorm room. Back is full this- training camp vibe almost, huh? <laughs> Man, the bed here is just like single bed. I remember the one morning I woke up, my leg just hanging off. I woke up, my knees hurt. I'm like, oh, what the heck's going on with me? Yeah, my leg's just hanging off. Small bed. There's no AC. First day we get in here, 35 degrees. Everybody oh. everybody running the Canadian title by a fan. Everybody's got – there's no AC? Every, no AC. Oh, my gosh. Has that been for you guys every year? Every year you've been to Montreal? No AC? Oh, this is the first time we're in uh, in Three Rivers, so about like oh. an hour and a half hours away from Montreal. This uh, CJEP out here, and it's just the people are nice. People are super nice on the campus, but uh, these dorms, hey, I don't miss uh, the university life. I oh, mean, I don't care how nice anybody is. You get no AC. I know none of you guys are gonna be nice to anybody. <laughs> That's terrible news. Terrible was, news. Yeah, we've had rain the last few days, so it's been a little, a little colder now. All right, man. Well, listen, I I want to get right at it. 
we'll attack this thing head on. I know you probably talked about it to nauseam, but uh, you're part of the PA for yeah. Montreal. Um, I don't want to go into like too many spe- specifics, geez, um, because we're full disclosure, we're filming this on Tuesday on May 17th. So by the time it comes out on Saturday, some things hopefully in the better have changed by then, right? And the players, but listen, I want to say this first. I've been a part of a couple of the CBA negotiations. And the unity that the players have right now is incredible. What you guys are able to do and, and how strong each of the, you know, the whole players association is and um, across all the teams, obviously Alberta is a little bit weird, but yeah, I mean, good for you guys really to be that united and to have something go down the way it is to fight for, you know, your cause. No, I guess it's really good to see. Um, like I've, I haven't seen this type of like solidarity around the league in a while. So it might be the first time I've actually seen it where it's like 95% of the membership is ready to do what, do what it takes to get the best deal. I feel like for years, the CFL, um, CFL players have been taking like shitty deals and we're kind of like, we know dan- football is a dangerous sport. So we put our lives online every time we're out there to, uh, provide entertainment for our fans who are great. And uh, for the CFL. So I figured it's, it's about time, like, we kind of get what we deserve. And I just really hope that, like, the public can see our side of things and not just see the one side of the story. Well, and that's the biggest thing. I've, I've always said, you know, you hear these guys like uh, Tom Brady's story. I'm going to take a little pay cut to get some people. That kind of stuff is for the absolute top echelon. Everybody else is, okay, I only – I'm able to play this for a little bit of time and I got to make as much money out of this as I possibly can. The amount of time and effort we put into this, I got to, you got to get a fair deal for what we do running into people having full car crashes. Right. And finally, I like it. You guys have finally said, no, we got to make this fair and you can see what's going on across the league. It's, it's fantastic. Yeah. It's, it's honestly, it's wonderful to see. And it's just such a, different dynamic from NFL to CFL. It's like we we still have to after we might play, say the average career is two, three years. We're not retiring off that money. No. You don't got to go into the workforce. Or it's like say you play a 10-year career, you're still not retiring off that money. You still have more years to work. And then so it's just like so it's different when a guy like Tom Brady, he can take a he can take a pay cut and still make 18 mil a year. We don't have to, that's not our reality here. Even though yeah. there's so many talented players in the CFL, it's just a different, different market cap that we're playing with here. Yeah, for sure. So, I mean, just kind of turning off a little bit, what are you guys doing now? I mean, it's must be a weird dynamic to be in res ready for training camp and now kind of just hanging out. Like I'd imagine the coolest thing that I liked was at least getting to see everybody, right? That was cool. Seeing everybody getting to hang out with everybody. So you at least get that camaraderie, but what are you guys filling your time with, man? Like you don't have practice, you know, on the fields, like what, what's going on? I'll what are you guys see. doing? <laughs> yeah. Honestly, we're keeping busy. It just seems like it's a lot of just obviously team bonding. We haven't seen some of these guys and since last season. A lot of new guys here, so everyone's kind of getting to know each other. So that's always nice. And we're just um, we'll go for like runs together, maybe hit on the field, go for a light jog, 
just talk about, go over the playbook together. Everyone's just kind of staying ready, but it's a lot of just hanging out, eating, and hanging out. That's about it. Find whoever brought the uh, the PlayStation and the TV down and everybody crowd in that room all day long or what? Yeah, I'm thinking about just going to Costco, buy a TV, put a, pl- pl- plug in the, the PS4 and then play some Call of Duty for a little bit till we're back and ready. Man, yeah, I, I hear you. And I mean, are you guys, so you guys start talking about, or at least just start talking about doing some runs and lifts. Are you guys doing any walkthroughs, stuff like that? Or, um, you know, maybe throws a little bit of skelly sessions? Or is everybody just trying to still kind of be ready for when camp hopefully starts up? Yeah, we've been doing uh, walkthroughs. Everyone's trying to keep it pretty safe because now we're if we if a player gets injured, they're not covered by the team anymore since we're not under, under any CBA. So we want to be careful out there. So we're not going to do any skelly uh, or do any one-on-one. So we're just keeping it just like uh, the offense, VA, Trevor, uh, the rest of the quarterbacks, take the guys out there, do a walkthrough on defense like myself and uh, the DBs and D-line will go out there and do a walkthrough. Yeah, and I I actually saw that um, some places are opening up private gyms for the players to come in and work out because you can't access the the facilities. Is that the same for you guys? Do you have to find somewhere you got to go, or is it just push ups and sit ups until something comes out? Uh, yeah, we just have to find somewhere to go. But a lot of people in the community have been um, really great to us, or really gracious that uh, they've uh, been uh, help like lending their hand to us, like. We've been offered a field and offered a gym now. So we're really thankful for the community here at Three Rivers. And I mean, that's what's cool, right? I mean, to see, you know, I think most of the fans look at this and go, hey, you know what? I think the players do deserve their due. And you can kind of see it with, you know, some of the the picketing. I saw the couple of Hamilton pictures, right? You kind of see it all over social media, but it seems like everyone's kind of supportive and willing to help and whether it's come out and hang out with guys that are standing outside or it's, you know, open up gyms. It's pretty cool to see that, you know, a lot of the people in local neighborhoods of the CFL teams are opening up doors or at least supporting in one way or another. Right. Yeah. Cause in the CFL, like we interact with the fans so much. Like they're such a big part of the CFL. So it was nice to know that they are like coming out to support, uh, the teams at Hamilton, I think Winnipeg was doing um, uh, a little protest as well. So I hope the fans, are, I know the fans will be out there supporting them over there too. Yeah. And I mean, it's like I said, I, I think this is, it's pretty cool to see the absolute unity across the league, but um, kind of to go to a more personal thought when I heard this is, okay, so you're, what year are you going into now? Seven? Is this year seven for you? I count the COVID year, this is eight. You count the COVID year, eight, yeah. So at this point, I mean, missing, if you have to miss a couple practices at training camp, probably pretty good for the knees and the ankles and getting ready for, for the season, huh? What, like, I mean, obviously the situation that is, right? But there's probably a little bit of silver line where it's like, okay, well, we miss a couple days and then get what we need and get what we want and be focused. and. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, see, I'm not. Yeah, I'm not tripping over a few days. You know what I mean? Like at this point, I've been at it for a while, so it's like we know what we're doing. A lot of events, we know what we're doing, so we can just take these uh, mental reps and walk through reps as well. But I feel for the young guys that are, are here for the first time 
just really wanted to prove himself. I know they want to get out in the field. They're eager to get on the field. So I feel for them, but it's like it, we shouldn't as players get on the field until uh, there's the best deal possible. I feel like we've already gone this far. Why cave now for a deal that's not going to get us what we deserve? Yeah, absolutely, man. Absolutely. And like you said, it's only a short period of time, right? Average three years. Like you got to get everything you can out of it, but that it's a funny dynamic that you say, because I, I agree with you. The older guys are like, yeah, we can get through with some walkthrough, you know, get a week and a half of practice and we feel good. You know what I mean? The younger guys, what's it like for them? Have you talked to any of these first year American guys, first year Canadian guys, whoever it be, have you talked to them? And they're probably like, Hey, Whoa, I came up here to play. What the heck's going on here? Am I going to miss out on my reps? Blah, blah, blah. Have you talked to those guys? How are they feeling about it? I'd say exactly how you uh, just uh, described it there. They're just ready to go. So we just kind of, for us as vets, we're just kind of painting the bigger picture to them. That it's like we're really fighting for them because they're, they're the future of this league. So mm-hmm. we're fighting for them, making sure, like, hey, when I'm out of this league, that I left it in a better place than when I came into it. So just kind of for them to understand that there's, uh, there's so much on the table that we deserve and we should be going for. And that's going to benefit them in the long run. So it's tough. I I exactly know where they're coming from because I was in their issues once where it's like, hey, you just want to be on the field. No matter what, you don't care. Like You just came from college. You made no money in college. Yeah. So Canada, you made you left school owing money. So it's like you just want to have an opportunity just to get paid to play football and make this team. So I really understand where they're coming from. But once you kind of explain to them like the big picture and what's really going on, then they – then they start to understand, and then the, they know that we're just uh, we got to stand together on this one. Yeah, and that's that's kind of the cool thing, right? Is that you know, at least from my experiences too, same thing is you know the young guys just kind of be, okay, yeah, no, I, I trust you, I understand, and that's kind of how it is. But yeah. I kind of going back to the camp thing. How do you how do you feel about how long camp is? At what point? Are you saying, um, you know, I kind of am going into week one pretty sore. And I always thought when I was going, you know, practice hard, all that kind of stuff. But when I hit week one, I was probably the most sore I was all season long. And I just felt better and better and better as the season went on. Is that kind of the same for you? And is there like a little sweet spot? And I mean, obviously, each team's a little bit different right? On how they practice, how hard they go, how much they're hitting, stuff like that. But is there a little sweet spot on, you know, how many weeks or maybe tapering off? But I remember going into week one, just absolutely banged up. How about you? I've been there. Like last year, we had the week one bye, which is kind of a a blessing and a curse at the same time. Like you want to go play football, but after doing a three-week training camp, you're like, you know what? Yeah, I need this week off before going going into the season. So it, it's, uh, I'll say, I feel you. like it's the same thing. Like I'm sore after. So it's about, um, I don't know. Yeah, it's about, well, Kahari is such a good coach here. So he really, like, he really takes care of us. So he knows like when to, when a practice is going to be an intense practice or when to like take it off for the next couple of days and really maybe set up a practice, go through a walk through day to make sure everyone's fresh. So it's about having a head coach that really, who's been a player, who knows, like knows the grind of training camp. So he knows how we should be taking care of everybody. Yeah, and that's like, like I said, the and everybody knows this, the healthier you are, the better, right? So that's why when, you know, you start looking at this kind of stuff, it's it's 
you know, maybe miss a couple of days, but hopefully if everybody can get out of it healthy, like that'd be yeah. fantastic. Right. Like a spot for being for camp. Give me a week and I'm good. But <laughs> yeah. I'm, like, I'm good after a week, but I know like, <laughs> so much more I need to go into it. So it's like, I understand, like, I guess like two weeks, but it's like, if we, I feel like a lot of things I wouldn't mind doing like, um, maybe like OTAs and stuff throughout the off season. But that comes with um, money. We need to be compensated as a full-time professional athlete. So then it's like, hey, I will show up to OTAs in the offseason. I'll be there. I'll do meetings, all that stuff. But you need to make sure guys are paid all your salary that's going to last them throughout the whole year. Because I feel for, like, my American brothers when they come here, minimum 65K, they get one. We're in a major city in Montreal. Rent average rent eighteen hundred two thousand a month. That's say okay, you pay this rent, you get taxed in Canada, you get taxed when you go back to the states. You convert that money. You didn't leave with anything, and it's like okay, during the off season, now we expect you to pay your trainer, take care of your family on whatever money you brought back, and it's just, it's just not enough. Yeah, and you said it perfectly, and it you know kind of wraps everything up. We were talking about the PA stuff, right? Like I remember talking to a guy. I won't say his name out here because I haven't asked him yet, but a guy that saved quite a bit of money, smart with it. He was a starter. So he's making a little more than minimum, but he was on his rookie and he found a place to rent in Hamilton. So much cheaper than where you are. And he was like, yeah, at the end of everything, I maybe went home with 10 to 12 K after the conversion, after the taxes, after the rent, if you want a house back where you're from, I mean, dude, and, and we are, you see guys going up to the NFL all the time. We're not that far off, man. I and mean, you hear it every single time. We are not that far off skill-wise. If somebody comes down from the NFL, whoa, it blows them away, right? Because they don't expect it. Not, but that you don't have enough money to train. Man. Like, you almost no, you have to work another job. Too. And it's like, with this money, it's like, hey, you want me to eat a certain way? I got to fuel my body. But look how expensive groceries are. Look how expensive, like, healthy groceries are. So it's like, what do you want? It's tough. Like, what do you want these guys to do when fast food is cheaper than, than buying uh, vegetables? You yeah, know what man, I mean? It's, so it's, just, it's crazy. Uh, I feel like we need to move with inflation. Like, and that's something uh, we haven't been doing. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, 65K, that's enough for maybe a single person if you don't have a family or anything, but that's not for a regular person, but as a professional athlete, like a regular person isn't paying a bunch of trainers and worrying about like their nutrition at maybe at the same level as a professional athlete is. So it's like, you get guys, you got people coming out of school making 60 K 65 K living downtown Toronto. And it's like, and that's not even enough for them. You know what I mean? That's still not enough for them. Make, they have roommates making it work. So it's just it's really tough on um, on guys who have to take care of themselves and their families and want to maintain the professional athlete life throughout the whole offseason, pay trainers, eat right. So it's, it's, I really feel for them. Yeah, and like you said, when you compare that with, you know, an average three-year career, which is your rookie contract, I mean, you didn't make much money over your career. So, yeah, absolutely, you got to get what you can. And I guess that kind of hits on one of those detail points where it's, you know, when it's a 10 year, hey, sign the CBA for 10 years, but it's not enough money over time. You're talking about inflation and you, this is the best 
case right now. Like you can just see how much inflation affects everything. So if you sign a deal that doesn't give you that raise as you go through those years, it's just, it's a, it's, yeah, I, I hear you. And I see exactly why you guys are doing what you're doing. It's, you need to at this point, right? But listen, I don't want to hammer on it too much because I know you have been talking about it left, right, and center. Everybody's talking about it. But what I do want to get back to is, listen, by year 10, are you going to be playing the end? Because you've probably played about every position at this point. So, <laughs> I mean, you came out. I remember playing against you in high school. You're running back, right? But everybody was running back in high school, right? Yeah. Laurier played against you, your DB. Now, mind you, probably the big, biggest DB on the field. So, it wasn't you – know, <laughs> you, go, you go and play Will. You're kind of – you're feeling good about Will because that's, that's a hard transition to make when it's into the pros. Right. People don't understand what you had to do. Like, yeah, you were, you know, you're on the defense side of the ball, you're playing week half, whatever. So it's kind of close, you know, a lot of the same similar things, but to say, Hey, now let's go play will. And the first time you're really going to do this full time is in the pros. So good luck. Right. Like people don't understand how tough that is to make that little transition. And, you know, you've kind of come into your own and you feel like that's your natural spot. Is that just kind of something you figured out with experience? Yeah, honestly, I feel like it's my natural spot, to be honest. And I really, I love playing well. It was an adjustment at first just because you have to learn. When you play DB, it's like you worry about, okay, what the rest of the DBs are doing and what the linebackers are doing. But when you're playing linebacker, you need to know what's happening in front of you and what's happening behind you. And you got to know what the person beside you is doing. So it's just like learning a lot of stuff, um, learning scene pullers. So your eyes are just are different in the box than when I was playing a uh, safety. So you just, you got to train your eyes differently. But I'm, I was fortunate to, I was playing beside um, Enoch. So I got to, he's a great vet to, to play beside and be able to learn a lot from him over, we played together for two years here in Montreal. So I was able to learn a lot from him. So that really helped my development as a linebacker. Yeah. And well, okay. So then I guess, because I've been saying this for a little bit, had Dane on the uh, podcast a bit ago, and we started talking about the hash marks. Are you kind of getting nervous about the hash marks now? I mean, there's a lot of space out there all of a sudden. They just put the hash marks back in. You got another five yards you got to cover out there. Get nervous or what's going on? <laughs> uh, definitely not nervous, man. It's like, <laughs> listen, I'm a DB first, you know what I mean? So it's like, I listen, I can, I'm – no matter how big I am, I'll pick it up and put it down with anyone. Like I'll, I'll run with anyone. So that's really not something I'm uh, tripping about. I love it, but it is because uh, I figured that was going to be your answer. But it is essentially going to be a DB now out there. There's a lot of extra space. You know, they're going to be hitting you with a ton of those RPOs, and, you know, putting you in a in a bind to begin with, like they always do. But now there's a little more space. But it'll be interesting. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what comes of it, if any changes really do, or if it's just kind of normal and natural, like it always is. But I think that's kind of going to be the most interesting of the rule changes they were talking about. Yeah. We'll, we'll see how it is. There's definitely more spaces, more, sorry, more space out there. So I'll see uh, how offenses adjust to that. I can see a lot of offense and doing a lot of, a lot of offenses doing a lot of uh, 23 formation. There to see have the space to do it. And then just RPO off there. And this, you have endless options, but you know, like, um, that's something we've already thought about. So we've obviously got a plan for that to try to slow that down. So 
Now we'll see. We'll be creative on defense as well. Yeah, yeah, and that's what I mean. That's what's going to be so cool to see is how these people adjust. But um, I do want to get into because you know, kind of training together initially in the off season, right? And then now to kind of see how you've moved. Anybody that follows you on Instagram, stuff like that, can kind of see what type of things you're doing for training. But you've kind of changed over time how you've been doing your training. What I've noticed, at least social media-wise and just talking to you, is it's moved from what I'd imagine what happens with most guys is it's heavy, heavy weights, get as strong as possible, lift as much weight in the gym as you can, to now you're kind of like, and correct me if I'm wrong, you're working out at a rehab facility, right? I mean, you're working hard and it's running around a lot of plyo stuff. It's a lot of single leg, single arm mobility type stuff. But why do you think that happens with all of these guys as they go through their career? Because I was, just, I'm the same way as I was going through the career. It's like, man, why do I have to put as much weight on the bar as I can and absolutely destroy my joints while I'm doing this, right? Like, obviously you want to get strong, but why, why is that kind of the trajectory of the off-seasons? Yeah, honestly, definitely I've take, made that change. Just because, I don't know, I feel like the, the older you get, you realize it's not even about heavy lifting. Like, you have that, that strong base. We were, we lift and heavy since university. So we have that strong base. And after that, it's all about, like, just injury prevention. So a lot of guys are strong in short ranges. But I feel a lot of guys aren't strong in, like, long ranges. And that's how that's how you get injuries. So it's like I rather work on my end range strength at different end ranges and just be strong there. Because I know I'm always going to be strong. I'm always going to have a strong foundation. Let me be strong in different ranges. Let me work on my, my mobility. Like I work with three trainers. I have like obviously Jesse uh, programs for me in Waterloo. I have my other trainer, Aj, uh, 180 degrees. And we do a lot of stuff on the field. That's what we do the plyometric stuff. And a lot of like, yeah, I'll apply my stuff for running, jumping, all that good stuff. And then I work with the mobility coach as well uh, once a week. And that's what we work on a lot of like end range strength. So just kind of finding that that balance. And I kind of just realized I just didn't need to lift as heavy as I used to before and put all that stress on my joints and being sore all the time. And it's like what they say with football, it's like if you're injured, well, you're not really that good to the team if you're injured. So why not? work on my injury prevention instead yeah your best ability is availability right and that's and that's the biggest thing and you know it's funny because you see a lot of these young guys especially the guys in the draft and you know you and i were probably the exact same way you start coming into this you're like i gotta be way stronger way bigger stuff like that and then you get here you're like hold on a second i don't need to be bigger at all i just need to be fast and like you said, yeah. when you're playing 18, 20, 22 games, depending on how far you go, you better be able to to protect yourself from some of those soft tissue stuff, right? Yeah. No, but, definitely. Yeah. So, listen, what, the last thing I do want to bring up because, I mean, you personally helped me with this, but with you running impulse football, right? Yeah. And – I'd imagine during the whole COVID thing, it kind of had to slow it down. It, you know, it kind of took a hit from everybody, right? All the city leagues or any sort of kid. Tell, tell for people that don't know a little bit about Impulse, because what you did is, 
essentially I was starting up my training business. And what you did is you opened up your contacts to me and, and helped me out huge. And I think what you do is, is really cool because there's not a lot of people that are able to start up their own company like you are, like Impulse, and be able to affect the community around you, right? Like when you were in Toronto, you were, you saw yourself all over with pinball, stuff like that. You even said this off season when we were off camera, you were doing a bunch of community work. Why, why did you want to, first of all, start up impulse and why are you so uh, like attracted to helping people? Why are you so attracted to getting involved in the community? Yeah. Um, well, impulse is just a thing like, you know, it's funny. So when I was in grade seven or eight, I went to a Laurier football camp. So one of those Laurier football like youth camps, and they they have such like a good like family feel there. They just made us feel so welcome and felt made us feel like we were stars and we're like we're 12, 13 years old there. So it's such a good feeling. And then that's one of the reasons I actually went to Laurier. And then uh being at Laurier, just we're thinking about okay, what's the best way we can give back? Um, I'd always go speak at different Cambridge Lions camps and stuff. So I've, we a bunch of us thought about it, like, hey. When we get to the CFL, let's give back the best way we know how. And that's through football. That's something we're really good at. Let's give back through football. I know growing up um, in Cambridge, sometimes my parents were working weekends and all different hours. So I wouldn't have a ride to practice or games. Um, so some, or sometimes we couldn't even like my parents, we didn't have a lot of money growing up. Sometimes we couldn't even afford the fee to play to play the city on the city team. So the community really helped myself out and my brother out. Sometimes we're playing for free. Parents are picking us up, driving us to practice, driving us to games. So I always feel like a camp would be the best way to give back to my community. That's helped me out so much. I really wouldn't be where I'm at now without them. So I'll say that was one of the motivators to start a camp, just to just to give back. And that's something I've always just liked uh, helping people out. And that's something my dad's always told me. My dad told me that at a young age, if you help someone out, always help them. So that's why I spent time like this offseason this volunteering. I volunteer with the the Kitchener Children Family Family and Children Services. Been with them for a few years. I recently started volunteering with a BTI it's called Black Talent Initiative. Then helping like Black professionals transition into the professional world. And also, there's also like another group called Black Beyond Sport, which helps athletes transition into the the corporate world after their sport because there's so much more, so many skills that um, sports teaches uh, athletes. So it's like we can that transition perfectly into the corporate world or to different professions. So it's like, why not help them get those, get in those, uh, get into those positions because they're more all, as athletes, we're capable of doing more than just uh, playing our sport. So that's yeah. why, that's why, that's why like, I just enjoy giving back and like just helping out my community and helping someone out that needs, needs any help. And that's the biggest thing. I mean, and you start to see it now, especially probably amongst the, pro guys right when you're looking at the whole COVID year everyone's like oh man I'm gonna have to get a job now right and I know growing up that's kind of one of those things where you're like well sports is my only thing and that's all I really know and how am I supposed to go and join the working world when I'm just focused on this one thing so that's awesome that's awesome you're involved like that I mean I know around you know Kitchener Waterloo you're talked about every single time football gets brought up so that's you know it's really cool to see but listen, I guess that's part of the reason that and wrapping it all back around back to the CBA, when you start hearing of Canadian content, right? And the ratio and lowering spots. I mean, everything that you just talked about, right? Laurier camps, all that kind of stuff. That's what I worry about myself. 
is will this grassroots stuff start kind of going away with, you know, less people making it to the pros, right? And for us growing up playing football, it's like, yeah, CFL, that's, that's my goal. That's where I'm going, right? NFL too. Yeah. But I can go see CFL games. I can see a player that left my school that I'm looking for that left a local school or a high school that's around me. Right. I can see that. Oh, Chris Aki went to Preston. I'm in Preston. I can go. Right. That's what I worry about a little bit. And that's why I appreciate what you guys are doing right now and how unified you are, because you got to keep that stuff around me. And that's what makes our league great. Yeah, honestly, that's exactly right. And I feel like uh, if you look at it, like there's so many studies that come out that maybe parents aren't making their kids play football anymore. You know what I mean? So it's like, I feel like us like being in the community and like really like speaking with kids and speaking with their parents. And it's like, yeah, there's dangers playing football. There's dangers playing every sport, but just to kind of us being there really just showing them like, hey, look at us, we play football, let's make an impact in their lives. And they might just fall in love with the sport just from hearing us speak or just be, getting a chance to meet meet with us. So I feel like it's really important that like athletes in the community, especially CFL athletes are in the community. Yeah. And listen, I, I, I really appreciate you coming on. I mean, I know you're probably pretty bored in that in that uh, in that dorm room at this point, but you have to go get yourself a TV. You have to go get yourself some PlayStation, something to do, man. But I appreciate you coming on. I really do. I appreciate you talking about these subjects, right? Like the PA stuff is not fun right now. I understand that, but it's worth it. It'll be worth it in the end. And I like what you guys are doing, but man, I appreciate it. And, you know, we've been close for a while, so it's, it's cool to see you do your thing. And I'm going to be looking forward to seeing you ball out again, man, this year. It's going to be fun. Hey, thanks, bro. I appreciate you having me on, man. Keep you and uh, Marsh keep doing your thing. Yeah, if Marsh ever comes back, he's too big. Yeah, he's big, big time. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's probably gonna be on the panel tomorrow. So. Yeah, yeah, exactly. All right, man. Till next time.